Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series on ethics and compliance monitoring across the EU and beyond. This podcast series is sponsored by Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors is the company which provides professional independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 700 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, visit our sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Over the course of this five-part podcast series, we'll take a look at several different topics. They include the global view of ethics and compliance programs from Affiliated Monitors' vantage point, enforcement or weak or non-existence ethics and compliance programs outside the United States, what Affiliated Monitors is seeing around ethics and compliance programs in Spain, how companies are struggling with different types of enforcement, and then the difference in reactive and proactive monitorships in the international context. It's a fascinating exploration. I know you will enjoy it. Thank you for listening. This special five-part podcast series on ethics and compliance monitoring across the EU and beyond is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Episode three, Ethics and Compliance Programs in the Country of Spain. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. Today, I have back with me Vin DiCiani. Uh, Vin is the founder and CEO of Affiliated Monitors. And here, we're going to talk about some of his observations around ethics and compliance programs in Spain, where Affiliated Monitors has recently set up operations. Vin, uh, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Always nice to speak with you, Tom. Finn, I'm really interested to hear sort of your observations on where compliance is in Spain. It's it's really not a country that the United States or U.S. compliance practitioners might think of as uh, a leading edge around compliance. But now that you guys have jumped into this uh, market, what are you seeing? Uh, well, it's a very interesting place. I mean, obviously, Spain's a beautiful country, uh, and I think that it has been um, uh, somewhat victimized by high levels of corruption, you know, in the government um, for many, many, many years. And I think there's sort of a been a, somewhat of a political upheaval there um, in in the effort to address corruption. Um, I know that there have been new laws, you know, effectuated over the past, uh, you know, eight to ten years, in which uh, the government uh, has tried to address corruption. Uh, and reduce it uh, as much as possible by requiring these compliance programs. Um, so, so that's sort of the, you know, sort of the, the foundation of affiliated going over there. Um, and we started operations there about three years ago, and I've got a team in Spain um, that has been working 
um, with companies in uh, sort of a number of different things. Remember, there's really no enforcement mechanism there. There's no sort of deferred prosecutions. There's no real use of monitoring on the enforcement side. So the work that we've been doing in Spain is more on this proactive uh, side of our business, which involves you know, sort of a couple of different directions. One, we could be helping a company design their compliance program, or we could be looking at specific aspects of a program. Um, We've been doing this for, you know, where the company is trying to create a a compliance program for themselves. They're doing it internally, um, and they really don't have any direction, and they don't understand sort of some of the implications of, establishing a program, you know, so they don't understand reporting structures or the role of a compliance team or what resources to dedicate it to the program, you know, or, you know, any other elements, how do they do training and those kinds of things. So the the work that we've been doing in Spain is more on that side, uh, on the proactive side. And I'll tell you, the, the things that we've seen there are, it's sort of the gamut. You have companies who, you know, now understand that they have to have a compliance program. Um, they are reluctant to put one in place. Uh, some uh, people, you know, that we've spoken with think that compliance is just a board um, a function and it's not something that sort of um, works its way down through the, uh, the, the organization. Um, some people think that having a paper program is sufficient to satisfy the law and that's as far as they will go. Uh, and then others, you know, take a much more or much broader um, approach and are looking more for a sort of an Anglo or U.S. style compliance program with all of the bells and whistles of a, of a stronger ethics compliance program and culture. So what I can tell you is, in a nutshell, it's all over the place, you know, in terms of what we're seeing. Then one of the things that has interested me about uh, working with and traveling to countries outside the United States is is two things about the compliance practitioners. One is they're very enthusiastic. They really believe in compliance. They really believe in ethics. They believe that they can make a difference inside of a corporation to help change an entire country's culture. The second thing is, frankly, their youth, that I, I see a lot of uh, people uh, directly out of college, uh, in their mid-20s, uh, with this enthusiasm for compliance going into the compliance field. And I just wondered uh, what your observations might be from compliance practitioners or rather about compliance practitioners you saw in Spain. Uh, so interesting question. Um, and, uh, you know, I think your observations are right. I think it's not necessarily what I was seeing in Spain. So over the past uh, couple of weeks, I spent uh, some time in Bilbao and then in Madrid, and we did some roundtables. So we invited um, compliance officers um, from various sized companies in both Bilbao and then in Madrid to come sit down. And we did a little bit of sort of discussion on some of the trends that we're seeing in compliance. But then we did the roundtable and we let people identify themselves and sort of share their experiences and how they became a compliance officer, sort of the maturity of their own compliance programs, what the strengths of the programs are, what the weaknesses of the programs are. Around the table in both cities, 
I didn't see a lot of youth. I saw a lot of folks who have a little bit more experience, sometimes as counsel, some came from internal audit, some came from the business side of the company, who um, then uh, we either were assigned or um, volunteered to become the compliance officer. So it's a little bit different than what you're describing. However, you also describe the passion uh, that um, compliance officers have, um, you know, once they uh, take on that role and they understand the importance of it and they understand, you know, how it's being used by other companies. I saw that, you know, firsthand in almost everyone that was in the in the rooms, um, you know, at those roundtables. It, it's very palpable um, to see um, how much they they really like the compliance function um, and they like. Um, sort of making those changes. Um, so, so, so to that extent, you're, you're, you are right on in terms of uh, that passion for compliance. And, and again, people, you know, never want to go back to, you know, their old roles. They really like the compliance uh, role and, you know, sort of helping the company. Um, so I, I think that that's right. So, Ben, one of the things that I find interesting about the Spanish model is that it appears that the drivers of the ethics and compliance programs in Spain are really coming from multinationals. Of course, these are multinational businesses. We're all in business to make a profit and make money. Uh, but it, it, as opposed to perhaps the United States, where uh, largely uh, sort of 10 or 15 years ago, compliance programs were driven by regulators in the form of FCPA enforcement actions. Uh, I was just wondering what your observation uh, has been on that point. Yes. I, again, I, I think that that's, that is the driver. Um, you know, they, again, there is the law and they, you know, these companies do have to put a compliance program in place. Um, you know, but then you, you know, there, there are a lot of conversations going on about compliance in Spain, you know, so, um, there are law firms that are focused on compliance. Some of the big accounting firms are in, in Spain helping, you know, with compliance programs. Um, and then there are, you know, sort of the multinationals. They're all in there, like the Siemens and, um, you know, uh, utility companies and construction companies that are multinational. They're sort of driving the discussion about compliance. You know, so it's not coming necessarily from guidance you know, other than the legal requirements that we've talked about, but the courts and or these enforcement agencies are not, you know, at all behind the movement towards establishing these um, these comp- these programs. It really is coming from sort of the multinationals, uh, and they're the ones that again have the the broader concept of ethics and compliance, you know, and how uh, you know a um, a whistleblower hotline is supposed to work and how it's a, supposed to be effective, how a training program needs to, you know, encompass, you know, not just you know a push the button kind of computer based training, but really making it more topical um, for people. Um, the other thing that. Um, this is, it's just fascinating, you know, when you, when you talk to people and we've done, you know, both monitoring, as I said, and we've done assessments in Spain, um, when you talk to people about ethics, um, it's, it's really a new concept for them. I mean, again, they understand compliance and, and complying with the rules, but ethics, it's just who they are. You know, you talk to people about, oh, you know, there's a, there's a requirement of having a, a conflict of interest or a code of conduct. And they just say, that's who I am. You know, I don't, I, I never sort of had to 
have uh, be instructed, you know, by my company about ethics, you know. So it's so that's sort of a new concept for them. However, once they understand it and they understand the why of you know an ethics program and or code of conduct being effectuated, they embrace it. You know, so it, it's it's a movement, but I do think the nationals are driving them. Well, Vin, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time on this episode, but I've been visiting with Vin DeCiani, and we have been looking at the state of ethics and compliance programs in Spain. Vin, uh, I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ethics and Compliance Monitoring across the EU and beyond, sponsored by Affiliated Monitors. Please check out Affiliated Monitors' website at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. This special five-part podcast series has been a presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.